Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. All I can tell you is that last weekend for the launch of the Highlands Campus was an amazing... It was so fun. It was an amazing weekend. So cool. I mean, blown away by how cool. And I I had a friend of mine um, that I was with Saturday morning, and uh, Kirsten had gone for breakfast with him, and, and he goes, are you nervous? I mean, this is a big day. Everything everything's <laughs> coming up to this to this moment right here. You've got to be nervous. And I'm like, no, I'm really not. I'm I'm not nervous at all. I mean, Everything I'm anxious. Was taken care of. It was like smooth sailing. We were calm. It was ready to go. Everybody did what they had planned to do and what we had prepared for. And and I can honestly say that that everything went to say it went off without a hitch. That would probably be, you know, it did. too far. But no, it did. I mean. Not, no big surprises, no yep. everything. You know, the people who'd committed to be there and, and to volunteer and to serve in all the different roles, they were all there and, and everything came together. But but um, but let me just tell you, I was out at the Highlands and um, and it was just an amazing thing. I got there early, you know, and, and just watched it all unfold. And I thought Pastor Eric did a phenomenal job as our campus pastor out there. And Kyle led worship, all the worship team, and Yvette with the kids. Every, everything came together. Mm-hmm. And it was just just blown away. And, uh, you know, I think with that, with when you launch something brand new like that, um, you know, you just have that moment where you go, okay. I hope they come, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, I hope they come. And um, they did. Oh, they did. They did. We, we had two services out there and both services were full. The first service was standing room only, which was very encouraging. The second service was um, pleasantly full. There was a few seats there, but I mean, it was pretty well full and it was just all glory to God you goes know, to we it. We did a mailer back in August and invited people. I want to say around 14 or 15,000 people to our open house and to grand the opening. grand opening and to our worship night. So they got the mailer. We did lots of social media advertisement and we did um, some like yard signs throughout um, the area. And we uh, went it's to, fun to go back and see how people heard about. We did three third Thursdays out in Gravit. We yeah. did uh, we did uh, Gravit days. Yeah, so it's fun to go back. We've now been in and the see. schools, backpacks, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, see where they're all hearing about it, and mostly because they were invited by a friend mm-hmm. or heard about it from a friend, and that's definitely the most effective way. Word of mouth can't beat it. Yeah, but I tell you, just overall, you know, Kirsten, you and I have had a chance to just kind of sit back and take some inventory. Been so focused on getting this done as well as the whole staff, and um, and honestly, you know, when we went out to the car because we were parked down the overflow parking, and Kirsten and I just had a moment out there by the car. I think everybody else was gone. Um, we we uh, um, you had already gone to get your car, and if, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, all of our volunteers and pastoral staff they they parked off sites. We weren't sure what the parking situation was going to be like, and and um, and then we just had a moment there in the parking lot. You know, um, you were dropping me off at my car mm-hmm. and I remember I just reached through the passenger side of your car and we held hands and we just prayed and we thank God for an incredible morning Yeah, and, and just thanked him in advance for what we believe he's going to do. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, you know, last week we talked all about the anticipation of the launch of the Highlands campus. And let me just tell you now, after it's all over, it went phenomenal. And I can just tell you all praise and glory goes to God. Now the question is now, um, can we do it again? Will they, will they come back? <laughs> will they come back? That's right. So tune in next week. We'll let you know if they I, came back. I got a text on my way home that day from my sister-in-law and they've been part of church plants and, you know, other campuses. And she's they've been like, involved in multi-site churches. She's like, how'd it go? And I said, it went really, really well. Everything went really well. And she goes, you get to do it again in six days. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But I want to commend our staff. And, um, you know, in, in the, in the weeks and months ahead, there's going to be opportunity to, you know, there's some people that have had their hands on this project. They deserve some praise, some Mm -hmm. spotlight praise, and we're going to make sure we do that. But I'll tell you, our staff has just done a phenomenal job. They've all had their hand in this in some way. So, so yesterday, you know, we had to blow off a little steam as a staff and we took the whole staff to Dave and Buster's where we ate and we played video games. And, you know, you learn about people when, when you watch them play video games, you know, <laughs> grown men, you know, playing these shoot them games. I, I will say I did enjoy taking a few pictures or videos of people that I'm like, okay, well, there's Pastor Eric jamming out on Guitar Hero. <laughs> yeah. So there's this one moment where uh, Pastor John and Pastor David and myself were all in this one, I think it was Halo, and we're all, it's this shooting game, we're all in there going at it, and, I, and, I'm, and we're just shooting all these aliens and things, and, um, and I'm just wondering if anybody walked by and actually knew there's three pastors playing Halo. Now that's quite a sight, you know. I got a picture of that too. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, Sarah Snow and I just went over to like the quarter machines. I guess we were like feeling like it was Vegas or something. And, and you, it, they're not even quarters though. They're like little tokens or something. And then you just shoot tokens in there. And you, I collected like these Star Trek cards. I really can be honest. I don't know what I was doing, <laughs> but I got six out of the eight cards. I felt let, really good. Let me just, it. let me just say this. Some of the pictures that if we were to ever show them makes it look like our staff went to a casino and we're gambling. <laughs> Cause some of the same games, I think is what you find in casinos, like on cruise ships and, I mean, and places. When, it's when I was getting the quarters dumped into the bucket, I was yelling, "Show me the money!" <laughs> dancing around, I, I was doing that, but but it was good to blow off a little steam and just it to was. sit celebrate back and, a little bit what God did and how we got to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was it was a lot of fun, and and you know I think I spent my time playing the basketball game, skee ball. Um, I did, I did a lot of those motorcycle games, but you know what they did not have? And, and we were at Dave and Buster. So if you don't know what Dave and Buster's is, think of it as like a restaurant and a video arcade, video arcade combined. And, um, it's Chuck E. Cheese for adults. It's Chuck E. Cheese for adults <laughs> with way better food. <laughs> so way better, way, way better, better food. food. And so, so, uh, what I miss, and I actually went around this, this is going to date me. This is going to show my age. Uh So when I was a kid. I remember that Top Gun game called Afterburner. Do you remember that game? You sit in it, you sit in it, and you're in a cockpit of an F-14, and you're flying. There was also a Nintendo game that was kind of just like it. Anyway, I kept walking around going, where's the fighter pilot game? Where's this? And several of us were looking for it. They did not have a flying game, so I was a little disappointed. Aww. But but I miss Afterburner. I wish they'd bring that back. I've never heard of it before <laughs> until just right now. Okay. Anyway, let me tell you, it's been a great weekend. And it was great to just celebrate with the staff. And really, I'm just going to say this. All praise goes to God. He did it all. Are we even reading the same Bible? 
I don't know. That's a question that I have asked myself so many times lately. And what we're referring to is, is um, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I read a lot. I, 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 I listen to a lot of preachers. You know, I, I jokingly tell people all the time, I will listen to progressive preachers and I will read liberal theology. Not uh, just progressive preachers. No, preachers. no, but I'll listen and read all but types yes. because I, and I've, I've even talked about this on this podcast is that I feel like where I'm at in my faith is I'm, I feel grounded in what I believe. I, I, I'm very solid in who I am. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a conservative, biblically conservative Christian. You know, I take the Bible as the inerrant word of God. I hold it up as God's actual words delivered to man, you know, via the Holy Spirit through mankind. And what we have in front of us is exactly what the Lord wants us mm-hmm. to have. And I'm a firm believer that uh, we are to be in God's word. We're to study God's word. And it's God's word is what teaches us about the Lord and what he wants and how he wants us to live our lives. And the Bible is actually quite clear on many things. So that's my conviction. Right. I preach from that position. Mm -hmm. You know, our leadership here at the church holds that position. We are a biblically conservative Christian church. We are Bible-based, Bible-centered, Christ-centered church. So... Bible-believing, Christ-centered church is how we say it. And so there are so many times that uh, that I'll be listening to somebody or maybe it's something I read online, somebody will post an article or I watch another preacher do something or it's another podcast and I sit there and I just ask the question that you just asked, Kirsten, are we even reading the same Bible? Have you ever had that experience? I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you at home. Have you ever had that experience? Somebody says something, you scratch your head, and you go, I don't think we're reading the same Bible. I have it all the time. Mm-hmm. I have it all the time. And and, um, and it happened today, in fact. I, I took Brock to school, and I was listening to a podcast. And I, I won't tell you what the subject matter was, um, but it had to deal with you know sexuality and what the Bible says about that and alternate lifestyles. And you know that wasn't the exact subject of it, but they talked a lot about it. And the expert that was on this podcast um, was speaking for God as if, you know, with such authority, God believes this and God wants this for you. And I sat there driving my car going, are we even reading from the same Bible? So they didn't give any kind of uh, scriptural reference to back up what they were saying? Well, they do, but they so twist it. I mean, it's mm. so twisted, and they and they and they make it sound, you know, like like for example, um, I was listening to uh, a preacher um, talk about the afterlife, mm-hmm. and he made a full confession. This is a, actually a preacher that has gone quite liberal. He used to be conservative, but he's gone quite liberal. It's somebody I've known for quite a while, and uh, as of lately, a lot of this stuff has gone. The pendulum has swung. And, and, and he questioned this, so this was actually, um, I was listening to a sermon he gave on a Sunday morning a while back and, um, sermon ish sermon, <laughs> I would say probably Can ser- you call it a sermon, sermon like, um, sermon ser- some, so, so I'll, I'll tell you how sermonese. some of the, let's twi- call it sermonese. Well, some of the twisting of scripture. So he confessed to his church. He goes, I really don't know, um, if there's a heaven or hell. Hmm. Okay. And, um, and as, and he says, I really don't know. And which is fascinating to me that anybody who stands from the pulpit would say they don't know, they question if there's an afterlife, they really question 
heaven and hell. Now, what he did also go on to say is he hopes there's a heaven, but he absolutely rejects the doctrine of hell. He does not believe that people go to hell. And, um, and as he, as I, of course, I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm just rolling my eyes at this because usually you talk out loud. I, I do tend to talk out loud. I can't, I can't listen to this stuff when Kirsten, the boys are around, but, um, he speaks back. <laughs> <laughs> I speak out in the air. It's like, that's not true. Um, but I think your dad did the same thing. He did. He did. And, and so, um, so I, I'm sitting here listening to this, what I would call nonsense, um, but really, if you if you take hell out of the equation and you remove eternal punishment from anything related to decisions we make in this life, then doesn't that open the door for you to believe whatever you want and you can just do whatever you want and you can live whatever kind of lifestyle you want. You can take the path of least resistance and you can you can mold and make whatever your philosophy or position to be anything you want it to be. If you remove biblical authority out of the equation then you can just do whatever you want and you can turn God into whoever you want him to be, any kind of Santa Claus or whatever. Um, so he said this, and this is the twisting of scripture. He says, um, you know, really what the Bible is talking about is living such a good life um, and treating people so well with so much love that you can actually create heaven on earth. So his whole twisting and his whole theology was that it's not really an eternal life. It's you can either create heaven on earth or hell on earth, but it's really about how you love people. I'm going, um, I do not think that's what Jesus meant. (laughs) You know, this, this whole, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And, and so, so yeah, I, I sit there sometimes I listen to these, these people talk and I go, are we even reading from the same Bible, mm-hmm. the same Bible. So I was, I was listening to another um, person talk. Um, I'm wondering if, I'm, from a listener's perspective, they're probably going to want to say, hey, when are you going to give us your sources? When do we get to listen to this stuff? <laughs> well, I, I probably wouldn't dare give the sources. You know, it's, I'm not. I'm, I'm being careful not to say who or right. quote who. You right. know. Um, but um, he's protecting your ears, everyone. Yeah, I, my joke. I tell the staff this. I may have just said it already, but I I listen to this so you don't have to. But part of my role as as what I would say a very Bible based Bible believing Christian is um, I want to know what other people are saying. So I know how to de- I can defend, yeah, I can defend yeah. my faith and um, I don't ever want to be caught off guard. I don't want to, I want to know these crazy philosophies in the world. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I always compare them right to scripture. So I was listening to somebody, an expert. Um, this was a, um, a, um, a counselor, a quote unquote Christian counselor, mind you, who was talking about um, her subject matter was internalized homophobia. That's what she was talking about. And here's how she related. She says a lot of people, and she's very, very hard on Christian pastors like me. And she would she would say that I have internalized homophobia. And um, and, and she began to talk about the guilt that comes from that. So so take somebody um, who who and this is a very real thing, trying to walk through this um, you know, same sex attraction and some of those things where, you know, is this okay in God's eyes? Is it not okay in God's eyes? You know, is this sin? Is it not sin? I mean, this is a very real thing that people are walking through. 
And she also related to this counselor that what she tries to do with her clients is she likes to help them understand that there's this internalization that comes out in you as guilt. So whenever you, whenever you have those feelings, I don't know if God's approving of this lifestyle. Maybe this is wrong. She's like, that's internalized guilt from internalized homophobia that's been shoved down your throat your whole life. And what you really need to do is you need to reject that and you need to release yourself from that, that it's, 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 you're just jettisoning your fundamentalist ways. And, and here, in other words, you need to be more comfortable with other people's sin. Well, here's what she's saying. Like what I would say is, you know, that voice where you go, is God okay with this? Is this, is, is this, is Something is this right here? This doesn't gel with the Bible. Right. Could that possibly be the Holy Spirit convicting you of a direction in your life that is not a path that the Lord wants you, or a way of thinking, or a philosophy where you have somebody like me who would say, and I don't know if this is completely making sense. Like, listen, listen, that's you because the the word is hidden in your heart. This is the Lord identifying for you. This is not the path you should go. Yet it's being twisted into something else of like, no, that is not maybe the Holy Spirit teaching it. That is not, you know, God speaking. That is actually internalized guilt or internalized homophobia. And you need to reject that. And you need to follow your heart, the heart of love. And you need to be this and that. And I could give you hundreds of examples of stuff like this, but I I listen to this and I go, are we even reading from the same Bible? Hmm. That that's, that's the question that I have. And you know, it's been heavy on my heart lately because I understand somebody who's trying to wrestle through these things and, and I, you know, I, I'm more than happy to walk down this road with anybody and we walk through scripture and wrestle them down and, you know, and I would never want to be accused of somebody that had a harsh tone or, or unsympathetic to what people are walking through. But when preachers and Christian counselors and people who are educated and been through this and know, and it's their job to know what the Bible says, and they are leading people down the wrong mm-hmm, path. Mm-hmm. That's where I just sit back and scratch my head and go, you know, it, you know, the scripture says, you know, not many of you pr- should presume to be teachers or leaders or overseers because you'll be judged more severely. Yeah. Why, why is that in there? What, what is it because we care, you know, the leadership responsibility and and we help guide and lead people and under our guidance, we could lead them astray mm-hmm. or we could lead them to the throne of Christ. So, Yeah. You know, lately I've been saying that a lot in my car, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, sometimes when I'm going to bed at night, I'll put on a podcast and I'll, you know, and I'll listen to it and, and, um, and I'll read or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if I'm reading from the same Bible as you guys. Mm. That's how far the pendulum has swung back and forth with all these different doctrines. And, and, and I come back to this, this word progressive Christianity, which I think is the stain of American Christianity where, um, I, I don't think that progressive Christianity will ever overtake what I would say conservative Christianity, mm-hmm. but what it is, is it's, it's picking off people, right? And left people who need to come under some solid guidance or have questions and shame on us. If we can't answer those questions, you know, but they're looking elsewhere and where progressive Christianity, what it's doing is it is trying to blend American secularism and the Bible together. They're trying to bring into harmony two things that were never meant to be harmonious. You know, the, the way the culture thinks that is not godly 
and the way that the Bible promotes a godly lifestyle. You can't harmonize. Those things will always be cross-threaded. And so you choose to surrender your heart and follow Jesus, or you surrender your heart to secularism and worldliness, and you follow that, and you'd reject the Lord. And what progressives are doing, this liberal theology, is they're trying to harmonize those two things. And what you've created is another gospel, which is no gospel at all. Mm-hmm. It's a gospel that says, live whatever kind of alternate lifestyle you want to, that the sexual ethic of the Bible is not is no longer applies. You just do whatever the heck mm-hmm. you want to do. Um, that God's commands, you know what? You just really need to pay attention to one, and that's to love others. And that overrides everything. So like if your theology is in conflict with loving your neighbor, then you need to jettison what God says and follow the love thy neighbor part. It's just blending some things that are that are incorrect. And it's like, I can do whatever I want. Nobody can tell me what to do. So really, at the heart of progressive Christianity is me. And at the heart of what I would call biblical Christianity is the Lord. And so where progressive Christianity says, you know, you die to anything that the Lord tells you to do and you become the center of it all. Like progressive Christianity is built on the I. It's what I want. You actually become an idol unto yourself. You bow down to self and like, this is what I want. But what I would call biblical Christianity is that uh, you die to yourself. Jesus said, whoever wants Mm -hmm. to follow me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And right there are the two, that's the fundamental cha- difference right there where, you know, we could argue all the semantics and anybody on the other side of this argument would, you know, would probably want to go toe to toe with me and just like say like, well, you're not thinking of this, you're not thinking of this. And we are getting the Bible and we do, blah, 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 you know, baloney at the end of the day, progressive Christianity is all about what I want. Well, and that's why they've changed it because it needs to work for the their situation or their culture or their, you know, their lifestyle. That's right. It's about what I want. And don't you tell me I can't do what mm-hmm. I want to do. But within biblical Christianity, it's you come up, you humble yourself before the Lord and it's about what the Lord wants. So, yeah. So yeah, I sit back sometimes and I go, are we even reading from the same Bible? And, um, yeah, we probably are. But uh, somebody's twisting it all around. And I don't say any of that with arrogance. And I don't say that in any way, shape, or form to make it sound like I'm always right and I can do no wrong. But, you know, I, I do try to be a humble student of God's word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really it's about, here's how, when I approach Bible study and sermon writing, and I go to the text, you know, the text always wins. And it's very much like, what is this text trying to communicate to me? You obviously, you look at the text through its cultural context, but you go, what is the author's intended meeting? What was the Apostle Paul trying to communicate to the church in Corinth? What does the text say? What was being communicated? What was the original audience here and how would they have heard it? But really it all comes down to the text and you let the text drive the conclusions and the application. Mm. And that's what I would say is biblical Christianity in more of your liberal theologies and progressive Christianity, you start with a conviction and then you go to the text and you try to make the text match your conviction. Mm -hmm. So where say it like this, maybe the conviction, you know, maybe you have a conviction that um, homosexuality is not a sin and God absolutely approves of it. If that's your conviction, 
then you go to the word of God and you will say, I've got to find in the scriptures anything, half a verse, a word, anything that lends itself to possibly matching my presupposed conviction going to the word. Mm -hmm. That's bad Bible study. That's mm-hmm. bad theology. That's that's that just sets the stage for all kinds of twisting. What you do is you 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 don't draw the conclusions. You go to the Word of God, and this is where I like uh, expository Bible studying, expository preaching, just verse by verse, and then you let the Scripture expose its meaning to you and application. So you know the word of the you know, the Word of God is a lamp unto my feet. I don't start with the light. I don't go, I've already got the light and now I'm going to the word to, you know, you know, for whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. The Bible illuminates. So, you know, most of the time when I'm hearing these people talk, I can go, yep, you started with a conviction Mm -hmm. or presupposition and now you're trying to find your support with the Bible. It's the other way around. This is the other way. You study God's word and you let it drive the conviction. And if you do that, I promise you, you won't come to any of the conclusions that a lot of the more liberal theology mm-hmm. comes to. So anyway, um, yeah, are we reading from the same Bible? Have you ever had that experience? Have you ever, listen, uh, here's my counsel to you. If, if you're ever like hear somebody preaching or, or a podcast or you read something and you're like, I don't, this doesn't even sound like the Bible. You know what? It's probably your. It's probably the Holy Spirit telling you. It's because it's not. Mm-hmm. Go to God's Word, study it. That's why I promote daily study of God's Word, daily reading the Bible, daily being in prayer, daily doing those things. It's not about you. It's about the Lord. Did you know that the Squirrel Festival is happening coming up here in Arkansas? The World Squirrel Cook-Off. I feel like we've talked about this before. Well, it's just, I can't let it stop. It's weird. <laughs> it is one of the most Arkansas things that we know about. I, I, I posted about it on my Facebook. And of course, some of the local Arkansas people are slightly offended because I had said that it's to remind everyone how strange our state is, we host... The Arkan or the the World Squirrel Cookoff, and I'll be honest, I didn't even know you could eat squirrel until I moved here. But it, but is it that strange, really? People have been eating squirrel for hundreds of years, or thou who knows thousands. It, it, it's weird, and um, I was reminded. Well, on well my, let's analyze that for a minute. Why is eating a squirrel weird? Would you eat a rat? It's not the same thing. It is. Uh, well, Abby, I, have to ask you to pipe <laughs> I don't in. want to be in on this conversation. Abby needs to pipe in. I don't know. A, to me, a squirrel is a rat with a bushy tail. <laughs> <laughs> Shake that bushy tail. Well, you know, sometimes they are called tree rats. Yes. But, it's weird. I'm sorry, but I, I wouldn't eat. You know that movie or that show Fear Factor? Mm-hmm. If I was paid like $50,000, I might eat some squirrel. Are, are you kidding me? How much would would you need to be paid? <laughs> to eat squirrel? To be paid. We went if, to the squirrel cook-off and he ate it like, yeah, I'll have some squirrel nachos. Well, it's it's meat. You don't know. If you didn't know it was squirrel. I mean, if, if they didn't tell you that was squirrel meat, you wouldn't know it's squirrel meat. I'm serious. Well, I, I, I will say this, that someone commented on my post 
<laughs> it's kind of funny. He said, because if you know Northwest Arkansas, the Squirrel Festival at one point used to be on the square it is in true. Denville. Mm-hmm. And I think it was so grotesque to some people. They were like, it is never happening. But you don't know again. that for sure. No. Well, here's my, let me finish. So they moved it out of town, but here in the area. And now it's even further south. <laughs> so I posted the is other it, day, it's going south, folks. Well, it's going south. Well, let's be honest. Northwest Arkansas has changed a lot in the last decade. I want to say and, now it's like in Springdale. Well, downtown Bentonville has changed a lot oh, yeah. in the time we lived here. It's re- revitalized. It's got a lot of this you know, different kind of stuff. So all, all I know is our first year here, the Squirrel Festival was downtown. I loved it. I mean, I absolutely, I mean, I love the, 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 just the, it was weird. They, the atmosphere squirrels on the square, (laughs) but I will say this. I didn't have any, I do have a friend who is a chef and he makes food at the squirrel festival. Yeah, He's in the competition. Yeah. And I think he was one before, but I haven't eaten it, but I did buy my kids a squirrel pen when we were at the squirrel festival one time. Um, it was this, so, the pin that, that was, had a, the tail of a squirrel tape yeah, to it. Yeah. Pretty much. That's it. Isn't that what you should get your boys for Christmas, Abby? <laughs> well, but to be fair, to be fair, you know, I've done, I've tried squirrel nachos. Yes, you have. And I didn't know it was squirrel, but it was pretty good. And I've had squirrel stew at the squirrel festival. Yes, you have. And didn't we have a squirrel? It was like a mixture. It was like a, a it was like, it, I, to me, it looked like a, like a, chicken sandwich but it was like uh it was the squirrel was in a pat it was formed into a patty and it was deep fried i was had a- chicken chicken was the alternate okay well this was like a squirrel patty it was a small little sandwich and i would never known it was a squirrel and you walk around and they've got all kinds of booths and stuff but yes you have to get used to guys um that look like they just walked out of the woods carrying squirrels in both hands because they walk, are doing w- walking that. around no, no, going who needs some squirrel meat anybody need some squirrel meat and they'll throw a fresh squirrel and they have they'll show you how to skin a squirrel and they would you like to come to the tent where we teach you how to skin a squirrel it's i would like, be interested it's in like that. that why you're you never, never know to. you never know when you're going to need to know how to do that well, <laughs> One of my friends on Facebook said, well, at least it's not being held in Possum Grape, Arkansas, or Toad Suck, Arkansas. And I was like, well, here, here. And then he said, and don't forget that we also have the mule jumping in Pea Ridge, Arkansas. Have you ever been to the mule jumping? The mule jumping competition? Yeah, it's a mule jumping competition and whole festival, a mule festival in Pea Ridge, Arkansas. Listen, folks, if you want to come visit Arkansas, I will give you the whole, whole, like all these opportunities, the mule competition, mule, I forget what they call it. Do they call it the mule jumping? I don't know, but just listening to you talk about our home (laughs) makes it sound like, makes it sound like we're like, like in the like we live at the end of a long dirt road where nobody goes. Well, have you been to Toad Suck, Arkansas? I have not, so I couldn't speak to it. But the name of it, I would like to probably get to the bottom of eventually and find out who named it and why. Why did you name your town Toad Suck? <laughs> well, there are a lot of interesting. What inter- does that even mean? There's a lot of interesting named cities in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Let's- 
Yeah, I don't want to name them all. No, we can't. Okay, so basically, it's not allowed. <laughs> what, Kirsten? What is it that you're trying to communicate with whoever is listening to this? If you want to go to the Squirrel Festival, check out my Facebook page. There's a World Squirrel Festival cookoff coming up this weekend. Actually, it's in the it's in the fall here in Arkansas, and I don't I don't know if other states have a squirrel cookoff. But ours does. Every state has their own thing. And I don't know if the squirrel well, cook-off... Well, shrimp oil is quite different than a squirrel well, cook Well, I don't know if the squirrel cook-off is Arkansas's thing. But let me just say this. I've been I've been many times, and it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I'd, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy people watching, and it is a great place to people watch. Let me just tell you that. And, and honestly, I, I wouldn't know the difference between squirrel meat and... I haven't been to compare it to. I know it's not like chicken, but you know. It's not like chicken. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. I don't. I've had squirrel, but I don't think I've ever had rabbit. I had frog legs one time. I've had alligator. Um, And of course. And. Oh. I've had. um, Have you had octopus, Abby? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of normal. What are they, <laughs> He's speechless. He's speechless, folks. I don't want any octopus, but anyway. Okay, okay this September is going off the rails. Third, nine to three, the World Squirrel Cookoff. You heard it here. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood. Not a car show.